0: been talking about uh the idea of of the fact that Christmas of course is is we're celebrating birth we're celebrating Jesus is coming and and we're looking in scripture at at other births that kind of help us see some of those things uh we've entitled our series for unto us a child is born we've been kind of in Isaiah 9:6a as is kind of our our main verse for the series and and this is what it says it says for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. When someone is born, they always bring something. And and so as we talk about the, the things that these other births are bringing, uh, it's kind of helping us see Jesus and helping us understand some deeper things about who God is and, and all those good things. But today, as I told you when we started, today we're going to focus on Jesus. Today we're going to focus on his birth and look at him. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. God, we just pray that you would just speak through me this morning. That God, that my words would cease and your words would begin. Because we need your words. Because they bring life. They change hearts. They are what, you know, brings light into dark places. And so God, we pray that you would do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said, today... As we are getting ready, the Christmas uh, holiday is just about upon us. So this is the last service, uh, before, you know, Sunday service before Christmas. We're going to focus in on the story of the birth of Jesus. We're going to be in Matthew, the first chapter. Now, now a lot of you know this, but we, we kind of get the story of Jesus' birth from Matthew uh, 1 and, and, and even in, diver- in chapter 2, and also we get it in Luke chapter 1 and, and kind of into verse 2. And so this morning, we're going to actually focus in on Matthew. Matthew is kind of different from Luke. Luke kind of focuses more on Mary and and, and some of those things, and is a little more in length, and uh, where we have the shepherds and things like that. Matthew kind of focuses a little bit more on Joseph and and the Magi or the wise men and things of that nature. But today we're going to look at Matthew and kind of look at this situation to kind of help us understand a couple things. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start with verse number 18 and this is what he wrote. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, what's interesting about this is we're gonna stop here and kind of before we go on, because we need to explain a couple things. Is, is uh, I was having dinner actually this week with, with Easton and Emily, and we were talking, and, and I don't know about you and what you, your family does, but we've been watching Christmas TV shows and Christmas movies and all these sort of things, and, and we actually watched uh, The Star this week. And it was a great movie. I don't know if you've seen that. I would highly recommend it. It was really good. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, Hollywood doesn't put out a lot of good stuff, but when they do, it's great to be able to support that. And this is a great movie. We enjoyed it. But my, my, my son asked me this question. Well, wait a minute. What was, was Joseph and, and Mary married? What was the situation here? And And I found that there's sometimes a lot of confusion about this because Things were different at Jesus' time than they are for our time. So I know we've covered this before, but I want to cover it again just so we understand exactly what's going on here so we can understand kind of what the, the setting is and things like that. And this is in your notes. There was essentially three steps to marriage in the Jewish world at the time of Jesus. Okay, Three steps that we need to go through to understand kind of where we're at and what the issue that we're dealing with is. First was engagement. Okay. Now, this is not engagement like you and I understand engagement, where you've asked someone to be your wife or husband or whatever, and now you're engaged. It was a little different. In Jesus' time, to be engaged with something was something that usually happened when you were very, very young. Also, it was usually, not usually, most of the time, set up by parents. So basically, your parents would go, hey, I like this kid, and he, you know, I like this family, and he got a daughter, and they got a, a son, and so we'll bring them together, and they would be engaged, okay? It was basically arranged at that time, and it happened when they were very young. After the engagement went into another uh, situation, or another step, and that was betrothal, okay? This is where we see in our scripture where Joseph and Mary were in their relationship. Now, what this is is a little different. This is one step more than engagement. This was officially binding, legally binding, okay? If you were betrothed to someone, basically, you would consider them and call them husband and wife, okay? Now, before that happened, you you still didn't live with them. You still didn't, you know, you still live with mom or dad. You were in a situation where you weren't together, okay? If you get my drift, okay? But you were still legally binding. You were still there. For you to break that, you literally had to get a divorce. Okay? And we'll see that in a minute. Okay? So this is where Joseph and Mary are. They're in this betrothal area. This had to go on for at least one year before you could go on to the last step, which was marriage. Okay? Now, marriage is a little different even than we understand today. Marriage took place after the wedding. Okay? So we always say, oh, when was your married? When would you get married? When would you marry? You know, we don't consider that the time after marriage. We consider that the day we got married, our wedding. But to them, marriage was after that, okay? So those are the three steps, Okay, Joseph and Mary are in that middle stage. They haven't come together. They haven't been married. They're not in the married stage or had a wedding yet. But they're in that place where they are legally bound together and they consider each other husband and wife, okay? So that's where we're at in the story. Now let's continue Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 19. It says, After her husband Joseph, okay, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly okay so here's where we're at okay joseph and mary are basically you know, i guess i'll use the word that we're used to they are fiance at this point in time and basically joseph finds out that mary is pregnant now if that happened today we would not have to go through the divorce proceedings but then they did this, this is a legally bound couple So Joseph is heartbroken. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. I don't want to get into too much. But basically, in this situation, he decides, listen, this isn't good. This isn't a good situation. So he literally has to divorce her. And he decides to do it quietly. He doesn't want to put her to shame. He doesn't want to bring all these things up, okay? Now let's continue with Matthew 1, 20, and we're going to go through verse 25. But as he considered these things, so meaning he hasn't made up his mind yet, he's trying to figure out what to do. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now listen, okay, as we get into this, I'm going to ask you to help me out with something. This is one of those days, this is one of those Sundays where it's really easy to flip it off. This is where it's like, I know this story, I've heard this story, I grew up on this story, I get it, Jesus was born, all these things. But listen, there's some truth here we need to understand. Jesus' birth is so multifaceted and so amazing. There's so much time here we can spend. You know, I mentioned earlier this week, we we watched that movie, The Star, and, and even in that movie, I, I, I was trying to, I was fighting back tears, not because it was an emotionally like charged scene, but because it was like, I, again, I'm remembering it. And I'm seeing the fact that that our Jesus left the splendors of heaven to be born for us. To come to die for us. Listen, we can become so uh, uh, just comfortably numb with these stories and and this time of year. And this is is God's great rescue mission. This is God reaching out to us. We always sing about amazing grace and all these wonderful things. And he reached out and he saved me. This is the start. When Jesus came, and I don't want us to miss this. I don't want us to turn it off. I don't want us to have a moment where where we forget the amazing story that we celebrate this time of year. So Jesus' birth came to give us a lot of stuff, a lot of things. But this morning, I want to focus on three things. It's in your notes. The birth of Jesus gives us hope that God can bring us from shame to salvation to closeness with our Savior. From shame to salvation to a closeness with our Savior. We're going to break each one of these down. We're going to look at them individually to kind of see what they're showing us. First, we're going to start with kind of a, a word that's, that's not fun, but it's a word that we've all experienced. And it's the word Shame. Now, this is where I need you to help me here. This is where I need you to kind of make these people real. I know at times when it comes to Bible characters and things like that, we kind of turn them into statues. We kind of, we kind of forget that these were human beings who dealt with things a lot like we deal with things that were imperfect, that, that had great triumphs and great tragedies and all these things. we gotta, we got to chip away the mortar a little bit and we need to get to the realness of who these people are. You see, remember, we know the end of the story. They didn't. Yeah, they had promises. And yeah, they had things that they believed were going to happen. But you know what? They still had doubts, too. They still dealt with issues, too. They still were, were a part of those things, just like you and I are. And I guarantee you, there was shame. First, there was shame with Joseph. Can you imagine what Joseph must have thought? Here it is. I, 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 I found the, this, this amazing girl. She's, she's awesome. She's great. He was in love with her. He was going to be married to her. And then he finds out in his mind, which is completely, completely normal. You, all of us would think this, that Mary has been unfaithful. That, that Mary broke that promise. Because remember, they were legally bound at this point. The reason Joseph was considering divorce because that was literally what had to happen. He considered her his wife at this point. And the shame that he must have felt for himself. I mean, he, he, well, maybe if I had done this, then she wouldn't have done that. Or if, if this had happened better, if I, or if I was nicer, if I did all these things, I'm sure, became to, just to, to come in on Joseph. Can you imagine the, the moment? when Mary lets Joseph know. You know, we'd love to believe that Joseph, and obviously he didn't, okay? We see it here. We'd love for Joseph to go, okay, great, Mary, I, I totally believe it. But he doesn't. He's like, wait a minute. Can you, can, can, let's put some humanity on this. Can you imagine the moment where Joseph looks and notices Mary has put on a little weight? Can you imagine what he would think what others would think and all the things that were going on and listen listen let's go to mary for a second can you imagine what she must have been thinking you go oh well yes but the angel showed her and gabriel showed her and listen, listen that's great and, and and i understand that but you know what we have god's word and we still doubt at times i gotta believe that mary was human too i gotta believe that there were times where mary is like is this really going on? Is this really happening? Is this, what is going on? And, 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 and she probably was like, no one's going to understand. Can you imagine the shame and the fear that she must have had of just telling Joseph? This was a big deal, guys. This was a time, and listen, I know how the enemy works in things like this. You think the enemy was sitting there going, oh, you know, well, that's, you know, that's, that's Mary, that's Joseph. I better not mess with them. Can you imagine the, the spiritual attacks Mary and Joseph were under? We don't talk about that a lot, do we? we? We talk about Joseph and Mary and, oh, they got the plate behind their head. And they handled this just perfectly. I, I don't see it. I see the enemy coming and attacking hard. And this time, this was a big deal. This was Massive. Look, this is in your notes. Mary's situation was the most distressing and humiliating that can be conceived. Her reputation, her honor, and her life were at stake. All of it. She could have been stoned for this. She could have been dragged out in the street and rocks thrown at her head till she was dead. This is big. Shame can do lots of things. Shame can really affect us in massive ways. And here's what's interesting. To really understand shame, we have to go back to why Jesus even had to come. So we're going back to Genesis. Look at Genesis 2. In Genesis 2.25, I want to get a, give you a setting here of what's going on. This is what it says. It says, now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Okay, follow me here. They were both naked and they felt no shame, okay? So as God has created, God has made man and woman. He's made all the earth. There is no sin. There's no, everything is good. God said it is very good. And how does it, how does this situation kind of come to a close? It basically says they're, they're naked and they feel no shame. Wouldn't it be awesome? Listen, listen, I am excited about the day in our world when God makes everything new and there's no more shame anymore. But there's shame now. There's shame now, but they feel no shame. Now let's jump ahead to Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, 6, we see something take place. The serpent has come. The temptation has come. So she, meaning Eve, took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. Isn't it amazing? Follow me here. As soon as sin enters the picture, shame is right behind it. It's, all, it's instantaneously. They bite the fruit, their eyes are open, and there's shame. There's shame at their nakedness. Let's continue. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked, the Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Now listen, I get it. Mary and Joseph didn't do anything wrong, okay? But I guarantee you, because of the situation... The enemy came and attacked them with shame. What's Joseph want to do? He wants to put her away quietly so she doesn't have any shame. He doesn't want her paraded in front of everybody as someone who's messed up, as someone who's screwed up, as someone who's had all those things. And you know what, what I find in our lives, in our human lives? When we sin, their shame is right always behind it. And you know what shame does? Shame makes us do silly things. Shame makes us do some silly things. We didn't talk about it here in our scripture, but what do Adam and Eve do? First of all, before they hide from God, they try to cover themselves. They they, they take leaves and shrubs and they, 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 they kind of make a makeshift covering because they're trying to cover their shame. You know what's interesting is I look at our world today, I see a lot of people trying to do a lot of things to cover shame. Well, if I just support this cause, or if I just save this many whales, or if I just do this or that, then I can cover my shame. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with causes or wanting to save whales, but I will tell you this, if you think that's going to cover your shame, all you're doing is covering yourself up with with shrubs that really aren't going to do much. Because here's the thing, even though they were covered... When God showed up, they hid. Why? Because they realized deep down inside of them that there wasn't enough. They realized at that point that the, the leaves they'd put together just weren't going to cover it, figuratively and literally. Shame will do that. Shame will make us do things. Because we just have such a desire to get shame away. To get shame away. And so here's the thing. Our story really starts with that shame. It starts with that, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with this issue? This problem? This situation? But here's what's awesome about the story of Jesus. Our story may start with sin and shame. But Jesus came to give us salvation to give us salvation he is our savior let's look at romans 8 in romans 8 1 through 2 it says this so now there is no condemnation nation for those who belong to christ jesus and because you belong to him the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death it has freed us look at galatians three twenty six through 27 for you are all children of god through faith in jesus christ and all who have been united with christ in baptism and check this out have put on christ like putting on new Clothes. What's awesome about Jesus is he covers our nakedness. He covers our shame. Where, where we before we were trying to make do with a bunch of leaves and a bunch of shrubbery. Jesus comes and we literally put him on and he covers he covers our sin. He makes that take place. Look at Matthew 1:21. We've already read it. We're going to read it several more times today because it's so important. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Listen, I am I am the biggest Charlie brown fan ever you will probably never meet somebody more i know when when linus comes out and says lights please i can memorize it i can say it all but listen that is not exactly what what christmas is all about this is what christmas is all about that you have a son and you will name him jesus and he will save his people from their sins listen hear me the name jesus what does it mean it means the salvation of yahweh Yahweh's another name for God. That's what his name means. You've got to understand that. Jesus came to save us. He came to bring us out of that sin and that shame so that we can say, as Paul did when he wrote to the Romans, there's no more condemnation. There's no more shame for us. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. As Galatians says, we have put on Christ like a new set of clothes. So when we walk into God's presence, God's not seeing that nakedness. We don't have to walk with shame and condemnation anymore. Why? Because we're not naked anymore. Because God has clothed us in righteousness in Him. What we have to understand in our own life is we've got to stop trying to do it our own way, trying to figure out ways that we can clothe ourselves. Listen, the only way we can be clothed is by putting on Jesus. It's why he came. It's what this season's all about. He came for that reason. It means the salvation of Yahweh. But listen, this is really great. I love this. Because not only do we go from shame to salvation, we get one step more. We get closeness with our Savior. We get closeness with our Savior. Look at Matthew 1, 22 through 23. What's it say? And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. Look at John 1.14. As John begins his gospel, what does he say? So the word, the word meaning Jesus, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, Emmanuel. Listen, whether you... No matter what you see, you, you could see a, a, a Christmas pageant uh, in a church or, or, or a, a great million-dollar production of Jesus being born, and there's some great ones out there. But you know what I've always seen? Here's what's great. You know have always seen in all of those, that basically the story of Jesus' birth? At some point in time, Mary holds Jesus. Think about that for a second. Mary, girl, 15, 16, some theologians think it may be as young as 13 years old, is holding God incarnate in the flesh. Don't drop him. Get me? Hold his head. I remember, you know, I, I was not a big baby holding person until Easton. I remember, hold his head, you got to hold his head, hold his head. I mean, You talk about you, the, the baby, you got to hold his head, you know what I mean? God with us humbles himself to be held by a small Jewish girl, humbles himself to be born leaves the very splendor of heaven to be born and put in a feeding trough for animals. His desire to be close with you and me is so great, he will leave the place that we all desire to get to just so he can get to you. Do you understand that? Can you you wrap your head around it? Because I'll be honest, I can't. Is it that our Jesus, our God, reached out to us in such a way that he said, listen, I don't want to just be your Savior. I, I-, I want to be close to you. I want to move into the neighborhood. I want to be around you and close. How many scriptures do we see? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We literally invite him to live within us. Listen, hear me here. It is great to move from shame to salvation. Amazing, awesome, hallelujah, all that stuff. But listen, hear me. If you have stopped at the salvation and you have not moved in to learning and growing and becoming closer with your Savior, you are missing out. He came to be called Emmanuel. Is Jesus Emmanuel for you this morning? Is he, Emmanuel, for you? So let's close this up. What can we remember from the birth of Jesus today? Let's get some application here. What can we learn? And here's the thing. We're going to go back to Matthew 1.21. We're going to go back to because we're going to use this scripture to help us to kind of see what I believe are some very important things that we can learn and use. Not just today. Not just in this season, but throughout this next coming year and throughout our lives. So again, Matthew 1, 21, let's throw it up there. She will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Using that verse, I think we can see some things. Number one, it reminds us that Jesus meets us in our sin, but his purpose is to save us from our sins, okay? There's a big difference there, okay? There's, there's something we need to see here. You don't have to get your life figured out. You don't have to get the sin taken care of. You can't. Listen, the, the whole concept of this is understanding that you're trying to cover yourself up with things that are not going to work. There's still going to be the shame. There's still going to be the sin. There's still going to be the, the failure and, and, and all the things that come along with it. But see, here's what's great, is we don't have to get it figured out to come to Jesus. Jesus doesn't meet us later on. He meets us in the sin, in the problem, in the situation, in the shame, and he takes us from it. He takes us from it, okay? Listen, if your thought is, well, I've got to get this all figured out. No, you don't. You let Jesus help get you from it. You let him clothe you. His purpose is to save us from that. So what is, what, is this, what is this understanding of sin, and what does it look like? Listen, this is important. Jesus saves us. This is in your notes. Jesus saves us, and we're going to go through these quickly. Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin. The penalty, which is death, which is separation from you, from him. He saves us from the power of sin. We don't have to deal in shame anymore. We don't have to deal with the power that controls. We have freedom in Jesus because of what he has done. And finally and lastly, he will literally save us from the presence of sin. There is going to be a day where there will be no more shame. There will be no more sin. It will be separated and God will literally say it's gone and we never have to deal with it again. Jesus saves us from that. So listen, here's the deal. If you're having problems with the penalty of sin, Jesus came to save you from it. If you're having problems with the power of sin, you're feeling like you're controlled and you can't get through it, you can't fight through it kind of a thing, Jesus wants to save you from that. And finally, eventually, he's going to just totally eradicate it and you're going to be gone free from the presence of sin. When Jesus says he came to save his people from their sins, that's what he's talking about. That's the encompass, uh, the, the amount that he wants to encompass in our lives. So you say, well, you know, I, I've, been, I, I've been a Christian, you know, since 1910 and, and all these, and that's great, fine and dandy, it's awesome. But you know what? If you're still dealing with some of these issues, Jesus still wants to come and bring salvation and bring healing and bring hope to us. I don't know about you, but there's still things that I deal with and I struggle with that I need Jesus to come and save me from. I'm, sa- I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Don't misunderstand me. But there's, I'm, not, I'm, not made, I'm not made perfect yet. God's still working on me. Remember the song we used to sing when we were you know, four inches tall? He's still working on me. God's still working on you and me. And Jesus came to save us from that. The final one. The final one. It reminds us that, that this gift is for all of us. This gift is for all of us. Listen, it's in your notes. And I'll just use this. It says, wonderfully. It says, his people if it had said God's people we might have thought it was reserved for the Jewish people alone but it isn't belonging to Abraham that brings salvation from sin it is belonging to Jesus being one of his people you know, I, I, I don't know about you but I've dealt with people and I've felt, even sometimes felt this way myself it's like Jesus did you really come for me because I don't know about you, I'll, I'll look at things and I'll go, you know, I, I, I bet Jesus came for all the good people. And I bet Jesus came for all the... You know, I know nobody's perfect, but I mean, you know, like the people that are like really close, you know. Jesus came for them because they deserve it. I don't, I just kind of got, you know, kind of included in it because I was happened to be around at the time. You know, that is not biblical at all. Jesus came for all of us. It doesn't matter how perfect you think you are or how flawed you think you are jesus came for us all jesus came to save his people that's you that's me how are we his people because we've been created by him we're his now sometimes we don't acknowledge that but we're his the question becomes will we accept that salvation will we accept His goodness towards us and His grace and His mercy. But listen, we need to understand this. It's for all of us. It's for every single one of you. No one is excluded from this. No one can say, I've gone too far. I've done too much. It's for all of us. Our God is a God of inclusion. And he opens his arms and his heart and his love and his salvation to all people. All people. We're going to finish this morning as the worship team comes on up with Luke 2. In Luke 2, we see another beautiful kind of part of the Christmas story, and I thought it fit really well as we kind of finish up on this concept that it's for all of us that is for all of us. So Luke 2, chapter 10, says this, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. you know, as we talk about births and we look at these things together over this, this month, you know, Jesus' birth is so many things to so many different people. For some, it's, it's nothing more than just a day on the calendar. Maybe they just like it because they don't have to work that day. For some, it's, it's presence and music and the food and family and all those things and listen um there's nothing necessarily wrong with those things but what is this really all about what what do we really celebrate like hear me here when it's 11:30 at night or whatever time And you've shut down the phone and you've shut down the TV and you've got everything wrapped or whatever the busyness of this season is. And the lights are out and you're exhausted, but but right before you fall asleep. And you think, what is this all about? What? What is this really? I mean, why? 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 I want you to think of Matthew one twenty one. I want you to think about a Savior who was born to save His people from their sin. You see, we were all in sin and shame. And we've all, throughout our life, Tried to cover ourselves with stuff that quite honestly just isn't adequate. You know, maybe it would have fooled somebody, but it, it's not going to fool God. God knows the difference between being clothed in righteousness and being clothed with leaves and shrubs. He's kind of smart, He knows. And we have an opportunity right now to be able to put aside the shame, the guilt, the sin, and put on Jesus. Put on the righteousness of God. Because you know what? That baby didn't stay in a manger. The boy grew up. He grew up. He lived a sinless life. He taught and He healed and He ministered to people. He met them in their hurt and in their sin and in their dysfunction. He met all these people that whether it was through the works of man with the Pharisees or or the brokenness of a tax collector. And He covered them. If they were willing. And he laid down his life. For us. So that the power. And the penalty. And eventually the presence of sin. Would be eradicated for all of those. Who have accepted his wonderful gift. Listen, hear me, here celebrate the birth of Jesus. Go all out. Sing the songs. Bake the cookies. Light the tree. Do it all. But do me a favor. Do it with knowing in the background that even though there's a manger and a stable and a donkey or a cow and wise men, you know what was way back in the back? A cross. And a hill. And a tomb that three days later became empty. why Jesus come? What did he give? He took us from shame to salvation and now we can walk with him and talk with him and be with him. We can celebrate Christmas looking ahead to what the birth was really all about father we come to you right now and god right now for those that are online or here father if there is anyone that god in this moment have realized through your holy spirit that you know what i've tried to cover myself with stuff but it's just not good enough these leaves are itchy and they're irritable and it's not working and through your holy spirit you have revealed you have drawn them not me i haven't done anything you have done this father and you have drawn them to yourself and you have helped them understand listen the only way to remove that shame and that guilt and that stain of sin is to accept me to accept that salvation Father, for those that are in that place right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that they will just begin to accept you, that they will believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that you are Lord, that you have come not to stay in a manger, not to be away in a manger, but to eventually. Give yourself for us on a cross and then three days later to rise again to live forevermore. And now, because of that, we can have closeness with you. So Father, for those that maybe have known you, but their their, their, their closeness has grown cold. As as John has said, they, 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 they've kind of, forgotten their first love. Father, I pray that this moment that they would begin to draw close to you. Father, it says in your word, as we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. And that this season, we would remember and know that, yeah, we have salvation. And yeah, that's awesome. But your name is also Emmanuel. We have two names given to you in our scripture this morning. One is salvation, and one brings forth a closeness. God with us. We need them both. We want them both. So, Father, no matter where we are, bring us to that place. Let us celebrate this Christmas in a brand new way. Because we've come to know you, or we've come to know you again. We love you. We thank you. Let's all stand. John and the worship team are gonna come lead us in a closing chorus. my you never My Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Jesus, we, um, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving us enough to come on this this rescue mission. Thanks for loving us enough to be born, to live, to go through temptation and, and, and all those things without sin. And thank you for willingly laying down your life for me, for us. And thank you that three days later, you rose. You rose. And now you're at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us, wanting a close, intimate relationship with us, being a friend that sticks closer than a brother, leading us and guiding us and directing us through your Holy Spirit. What can we say? We just thank you so much. We love you, we thank you. Let this season, let this time be full of all the things that makes this time special. But Father, let number one on the list be Jesus. Let it be Jesus. Because it's all about you help us father thank you for coming and bringing these amazing gifts that we have the opportunity to embrace this morning we love you we thank you in jesus name amen amen thank you so much for being here for those that are online we love you we hope that you're doing well we miss you hope to see you soon listen remember Christmas Eve, 5 o'clock, it's going to be a special service. I invite you to be here. Bring family, bring friends, bring neighbors. Let's celebrate Jesus together. If you're going to join us online, just be a part. Don't be afraid. Hey, go grab your neighbor and bring him into your house and sit down in front of the television or the computer or whatever. Let's celebrate Jesus together, okay? Let's have a great week. We'll see you on Thursday night. Have a great week. We'll talk to you then.